El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and then I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions, and then, then what I would do is I'd come on this show and defend those opinions. But now, I kind of do the same thing, but also not really. Joining me today, just like last week, I should have just put last week's intro on this week's episode, because my only guest this week, besides myself, is my co-host, who you might know from... Sideshow Sideshow Podcast, or Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff May. And then, I mean, obviously also joining me today is me. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm the host of this podcast. Really regretting the the choice of intro format at this point. Like, I should have just done the 8-bit gang fight thing or something. I don't know. It's going to be a great show. everybody welcome to unpopular opinion i'm adam todd brown who are you it's me jeff may it's me jeff may from uh, unpopular opinion for the second week in a row it's just me and jeff it's just i mean us, baby it's the holidays we're letting we're letting people take time we're off we're letting people i sent rest. everyone home you know what we should do next is surprise guests where they don't know they're a guest until we call them yeah that's not a bad idea like we could do that guests yeah, we should do. I mean, just fucking wake Matt Lieb up at seven a.m. on a Sunday <laughs> and just be like, "Bitch, you're on a podcast." He'd be like, "Oh, okay, okay." Yeah, Matt Lieb would do it totally. He would be like, absolutely, be like, "Oh yeah, I guess I'm on a podcast. I didn't, I forgot." So, how's it going, Jeff? Things are great, Adam. Things are fantastic. This has certainly not been a scheduling nightmare for me uh, this weekend when we recorded. Yeah, you had some, you had some, some moving company chaos. That was fun. It, we got new furniture. My roommate's mom sent us uh, all of her old furniture, like all of it. Jesus. And a lot of it's like some golden golden girl's ass furniture. But a lot of it's like really nice, like comfy stuff. But it, they sent it from Miami and it arrived and they said 8 to 10 a.m. And it didn't show up till 1145. They didn't start unloading until one. So uh, we were supposed to record at 10, then 11, then fucking Sunday. Yeah. And had we just recorded at 10, it would have been fine. But mm-hmm. how how were we to know that it was going to take them that long to show up? I, literally, like, and it's funny, too, because it's like the one day that that's ever happened. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a rare thing to have happen. You're like, oh, by the way, this rare thing fucked up my life. But on the bright side. But we got a little extra time. We got extra time. And we're we're talking about some some good news on this Hell. episode. Hell yeah, we got some good news, baby. And if I'm talking good news, I'm talking about these plush new couches that I got in these sweet, sweet leopard print blanket and rugs. What? A leopard print rug does sound nice. I it would is nice. I wouldn't mind one of those for the office here. But uh, we're talking about good things that happened in 2020. Because here's the thing, Jeff. I don't know if you know this. 2020 kind of fucking sucked for a lot of people. <laughs> You're not uh, wrong this time. This time. This time. I know. Normally, very wrong. Usually, very wrong about things. But this mostly time, wrong. Mostly wrong. But I think yeah. I think I'm I'm nailing it this time when I say that IMHO 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people. For sure, dude. Especially like the past eight months or so, because uh, hundreds of thousands of people have died for one thing. There's that. <laughs> a lot of stuff has died. A lot, a lot of stuff has died. I mean, it's such a weird and unprecedented year. Like, like being placed in this sort of quarantine and being in close contact with people and being fucking like having all these like different like snowballing forms of anger. It's not good. I've gone on record as saying that this is an unprecedented year for anger. And like, if you don't handle it right and you don't find a way to vent it, it's fucking brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to look back on this year and just feel like nothing positive happened at all. Because for yeah. the most part, it was it was, it was all very negative. Not but a lot of, of positives. There were some. 
Yeah. And we're we're going to talk about them today. We're talking about the, the the good things that happened in 2020. Cheer up, everybody. Adam, we're talking about the great things that happened in 2020. Number one, COVID. <laughs> True. Right? I mean, COVID is probably going to be Time Magazine's person of the year. It's about time the Chinese and Nancy Pelosi teamed up to take us out. Oh, my God. One of my neighbors has a banner hanging from their balcony that says, Newsom, Pelosi, and comrades are the virus. It's like, oh, my God. They seem chill. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I posted it on the, on the Insta. On the gram. At Adam Todd Brown. Go follow me. Two my, Ds. Might start one D. Don't do that. Adam Todd Brown. I might start using uh, the socials more because I might have some projects I'm working on. Some so. pr- some jacks. Some jacks. It's got some jacks down in the pipeline. But in the meantime, let's talk about 2020. Let's talk about the good things that happened in 2020. For one thing, there was that whole part of the year before COVID where there Pre-COVID. really wasn't. Like COVID's been circulating. Yeah. I think we know now since. Like November. That, that was just, we could see the clouds coming, but we were like, ah, they won't storm. Yeah, it's like how the MTV Video Music Awards were like September 8th, 2001. Like, what a completely different world that award show was compared to after 9-11. Yeah, and, right. And like, the, we had those calm before the storm months. I'm personally going to exit this year the way I came in, which is talking about Shakira at the Super Bowl. Because she was fucking great, Jeff. Did you watch Shakira, it? Um, yes, I think I did. I'm going to be 100% honest. January or February of 2020 feels like 2014. Like, I can't. Absolutely. I my my timeline is so sliding right now that I don't know when things happened. I think I did. I remember, like, I've kind of, football just stopped appealing to me. Uh, in the same, f- Football became Facebook to me. Like, once I learned to not really care about it anymore like i didn't miss it yeah i mean i don't know maybe i did i think i did i saw the performance oh she's so good she's so fucking talented she was great and i'm still mad that she opened for jennifer lopez that is not how it should happen in real life like shakira is a global superstar and jennifer lopez is a fly girl yeah but Here's the thing is that Shakira may be a global superstar, but the Super Bowl is an American thing. And J-Lo is the bigger star out here. But Shakira is infinitely more talented. As I, would, far as I, me- I would argue Shakira is the bigger star here, too. I think I think the NFL just kind of got th- it wrong. I think we might have to agree to disagree on this one. One uh, fun follow up to this story. Mm-hmm. They got the FCC got 1300 complaints about the Super Bowl halftime show. That's weird to me because it's, it was just kind of regular. Yeah, it was just a lot of dancing. Like Remember when Prince literally fucked the air. Right. I wonder but, how many FCC complaints that got. I it's pr- Prince and it's a man. Yeah. I'd be surprised if it didn't get any. Like it I'm was sure a, it got some. Yeah, it was a man in his 50s. So it was like Maybe he was in his 40s at the time, but... Yeah, I mean, he barely reached his 50s, I think. Certainly no, not going to be one of these situations where two attractive women are on there and people are going to be like, I have a problem with this. Yeah, I mean, they, they were scantily clad at moments, but not any more than, say, the cheerleaders you see at every fucking football game. Well, like, here's, here's the fun thing, is that if you're going to call and complain to the FCC about something like that, you're a worthless piece of shit anyway, and you don't matter as a person. This was all first reported on by WFAA of Dallas. They obtained this information through a Freedom of Information Act request. Who even thinks to file that kind of request? You know what? To be honest, I bet if we were having this conversation and we just said, I wonder who did that, one of us would be like, I feel like we can get that information somehow. But these people know how to do it. Yeah, I mean, the the FCC is a government organization, so I guess that's that's think, how you would go about it. Why I don't know, just post think, them. Why is this, like, who is sitting in a newsroom like, what are the feds keeping from us about Shakira at the Super Bowl? We should start doing this. Like, we should send a Freedom of Information Act request, like, daily about different shit. I have brought this up on a few different podcasts The Freedom of Information Act request is one of those things where it seems like it's the government being really transparent, 
but also you're going directly to the government and saying, hey, I think you're hiding something from us, and I'm the one who knows. This is what I want to know about, yeah. And so then you're instantly on their radar. There's this documentary called The Feeling of Being Watched, which is about this suburb of Chicago that for years the FBI was just, they were monitoring it, they were interviewing people, they were like tapping phones, and it was just because it was a Muslim community. And the woman who made that documentary at one point starts filing Freedom of Information Act requests. And she finally gets what she's looking for. But in the midst of going back and forth with the government, she gets a fucking Google alert that says, we believe government agents are trying to hack into your Gmail account. So like after she starts asking for this information, the government starts trying to hack her Gmail. You know what? Honestly, you should... That would be a great like job to have would be somebody that would just file Freedom of Information Act requests on behalf of other people. Like I've been hinting that I would love someone to do that. But like I don't like well, then you then you're just put I mean then I'm I'm still like it's the government. They're going to be like, "All right, well where's this information going after this person requests it?" And then it's going to be like, "Oh, this bullshit podcast." I mean, I guess that. you could just sign contracts and stuff. There's a way to do it. We could do yeah. it. We could do you just, it. You do it. You do it. You I'm do it. going to. <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> so that, that's so 1,300 complaints out of how many people watch this? Like 140 I mean, million or something like that? Yeah, millions and millions. I don't know how many exactly. So a tenth of 1% or something. I also love that they're so sad, like angry about it being inappropriate. They're like, my children are trying to watch men pre die. Yeah. How dare yeah. you? It's like, motherfucker, you're watching football. This is a brutal sport that ruins the lives of the people that play it. You're watching pure violence, and you're like, how dare this woman? This is an example complaint. This should be a family-friendly show. Instead, we were exposed to an adult-only show that you would see in Las Vegas. I am completely disappointed that this is acceptable to show on television. I am disgusted that these performances were not censored beforehand. If they were censored, they weren't censored adequately. I feel bad for my daughter who thinks that type of behavior is acceptable and that they should dress and perform inappropriate acts. Jeff, imagine losing control of your kids to that point immediately just because they watched Shakira and Jennifer Lopez at the Super Bowl. I don't have to imagine that because that's what happened to my daughter, Adam. Wow. I always forget about that. And I'm sorry I brought it up. Really hits home, doesn't it? Yeah. But to be fair, like if, if I worked for the FCC and this is probably about, I'd be like, well, have you ever thought that maybe you're the problem? Yeah. Like, and that, like, there's got to be someone's <clears throat> like, have you thought that maybe you need to shut the fuck up? And did you let your kids watch all of it? Because you could always just be like, hey, kids, beat it for a second. <laughs> Some be- people did when they were watching. The <laughs> <dream watching. laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yeah. The only state that didn't file any complaints over this was Vermont. Because Vermont fucking loves Latinas, Jeff. We've always known you, this. <laughs> J-Lo and Shakira are friends of Vermont. The top 10% of J-Lo fans account for the top 90% of merchandise sales. Other, other than Vermont, someone in every fucking state called to complain. Ugh. For what it's worth, the FCC got 94 complaints in 2019 over Adam Levine exposing his chest during the halftime show. I mean, you're gonna, who's going to complain about that? 94 people. With all those stepdad tattoos all over his body? Weirdly enough, all in Vermont. All 94 of them. (laughs) That's great. Something else that happened in 2020, but feels like it happened in 2017. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle quit the royal family. And like, I don't really give a shit about this, but I also do. That's a baller ass thing to do. It is. And, like, that's also super rad because, like, I think Harry knows he's like, well, I'm never going to be, like, the king or anything. So that so there's that. But then beyond that, like, I think it was, like, something, like, very racial, right? Where she's just like, I'm not going to, I don't feel comfortable. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't heard anything like that. There was a lot of speculation that went on that, that Meghan Markle wasn't necessarily treated very well because she was a black commoner. Oh, well, th- I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the least mm-hmm. but i didn't realize there was this thing where if you're part of the royal family you can't like go out and earn your own money you just like get money from the state 
and that's what you are to live on. I'm assuming it's a whole lot of money, but yeah, th- yeah, I think th- they own a lot of land. That was kind of the the center of all of this was they were willing to stay on and in service to the queen is what they call it, basically, where Harry would still fulfill all his military roles. Meghan Markle would do whatever she's tasked with doing. Who knows? But they also wanted to be able to go out and make their own money. And the queen was like, you can leave or you can stay. And there is not going to be a hybrid version of that. So take your pick. And they were like, all right, we're going to leave. You know, it's interesting, too, because I I, I definitely think with um, Meghan Markle specifically, somebody who like kind of had to build themselves up to then be essentially like a state welfare recipient does not seem like an attractive perspective for somebody who worked hard. Yeah, probably like, not. She's probably like, look, man, I don't want the government to be taking care of me. I worked my ass off to become well off and, and to get this shit happening. I don't want to. And fucking Harry worked his ass off, too, right? He was in the military for like kind of a long time. Well, I mean, that's his job as part of the royal family. I mean, I know, but I know William wasn't exactly doing what Harry was doing, too, right? Like, wasn't I Harry honestly was like more don't. In it don't keep up with the royal family that yeah, much and it feels either. like it feels like a thing the world doesn't need anymore and that's the only yeah. reason i have this on an episode about good news it just feels like the kind of progress the world needs yeah that they're like fuck this i mean the wedding in of itself was pretty progressive because it was just like oh a non-white person fuck yeah yeah Let's thin out that bloodline because I, I gotta be honest man i don't need more people i'd, I'd like to see like a a mixed race royal family. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's probably not. That'd be rad as happen. fuck, though. I mean, yeah, it, they're all they're all interbreeding and fucking their cousins and stuff still. So yeah. it's like whatever. Yeah, like, they're whatever. they're main they're maintaining that lizard bloodline. Jeff, look up. Read your David Ike articles. Come on. Uh, Prince Harry's full title was rad as shit, and he has to give it up, or he already gave it up. But his full title was His Royal Highness the Duke of Sussex. Earl of Dumbarton and Baron Kilkeel. He should legally change his name to that anyway, so he can still have it. <laughs> like that's his yeah, middle you name. Should, that is that is quite the the title. His actual, and like yeah, he. I was going to say his American name is now the artist formerly known as Prince <laughs> Harry, His Royal Highness the Duke of Sussex, Earl of Dumbarton, and Baron Kilkeel. Well, that's I mean that's cool too. That's obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this is a really complex issue. Like, when I started reading up on it, I was like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't actually care about it this much. You're like, I don't have a degree enough to understand this specific information. (laughs) But we'll link to an article if for people who want to read about it. I mean, I understand it, but it's way more. It's like it's like they're fucking a NASCAR team or something. There's all these moving parts that have to be dealt with. There's this whole brand they keep talking about the Royal Sussex brand and how that's going to carry on. Yeah. It's like, what is happening over there? Just I mean, it's, it's stop having a queen. Uh, well, like, I mean, they're rooted in fucking, they're old timey. They're, they're ye oldie Britain. <laughs> it feels like video game shit at this point. You still I mean, have a fucking it's, queen. It's, you know, it is. The weird part is when you find out just how much input the queen still has these days. Because you're like, it's a figurehead. And then you f- see that fucking the prime ministers have to like consult that shit. And you're like, oh, man, it's more than that, I think. Yeah, it's not really a figurehead. Like, you wouldn't call yourself a queen and just be a figurehead. Like I would. Fucking easy street, man. Because it seems like then someone could just like take, take, take over. Like, just show up and be like, no, nah, I'm the queen. I feel like that's what parliament did. Did they? I mean, they yeah. kind of took over. <laughs> got some more got some more power that's true that's starting true. 12 15 if you know what i mean <laughs> <Starting June> 15, <laughs> don't we all 12 15 signing of the magna carta by king john upon threat of death you don't have to tell me or anyone listening to this jeff and you know I, we all know that and i won't thank I you did, i did i did you already that. did god damn it ah fuck you so yeah that happened this year that's that feels like it happened a long time ago Everything everything we're talking about so far feels like it happened a yeah. million years ago. Well, clearly those are the only two good things that have happened this year. Uh Parasite swept the Oscars. That was that was 2006. 
<laughs> Don't try to pull this one on me, pal. Again, yeah, it feels like this was forever ago, but it was February. Parasite. Did you like Parasite? Yeah, I really did. I saw it in yeah. the theater, and then I saw it again. I watched it again. I saw it two times. Which yeah, I liked it a whole lot. It's very good. I think I saw it three times. I saw it in theaters also. Yeah, so I saw. Excuse me, I saw it two times in the theater. Oh wow! Yeah, good for you. Well, it's just like I, I as after I watched it, I was like, I feel like I may have missed some things. I need to check this out again. And that was during fucking the Stubbs A list, baby. Where I was just like, I think I'll just go do whatever the fuck I want with this. Oh, and now this podcast just got sad again. Mm. AMC A-List, I miss you so much. I would pay $100 to eat a hot dog in a theater for eight minutes and then leave. <laughs> oh, that that I think that is the thing I miss the most is movie theaters. Like, yeah. Because that used to be, that was my, that like, that was the thing I would sometimes have enough free time to do. Like, you got two hours to kill. There were so many movie theaters in Burbank. There's so many in Torrance. Oh, yeah. if I had a time machine, I would go back in time like 23 years and go to a mall on Christmas time and just soak it up. Yeah, but, I actually love the mall at Christmas. It's, dude, it's legitimately my favorite thing to do. And granted, malls are dead, so it's not really a thing. But like going to public gatherings in Christmas when I didn't even have plans, like I didn't want to buy anything. I would just go and literally I would like soak up the energy of the people around me because it's it's so much emotion because there's like a frenetic energy, but also this loving energy, but also this frustration and people trying to get the things that they want. And like there's so much. And as a person who like literally like I'm like a parasite for energy oh. for, for around the people around me, like I get my energy from the people around me. So something like that is is just everything to me. Like yeah, malls I, at Christmas time. I used to love going to the mall the day after Christmas when people are returning shit, when there's a bunch of sales and it's just like you have to park on the outskirts of the parking mm, lot yeah. and you go in and it's just like, it's like Mad Max, but for happiness. Like, yes. It's just, it's so great. I just, love that. You're right. It's the energy. Yeah. Like, like, I just love being in that moment. My favorite and we would all is like die if we did that right now. Exactly. But like give me like between December 19th and December 22nd. Yeah. That's like that to me is my sweetest spot because it's not like everyone thinks Christmas Eve is such like a blitzkrieg, but it's not. And there's not necessarily great energy at malls on Christmas Eve. Um, but that fucking that that sweet spot where you're like five days before Christmas. Yeah. And you're just soaking it in. Oh, fuck, man. It's great. That uh, literally, I want to go to a mall in 1998 at Christmas time, like right now. That would be, I would waste a time machine so fucking bad right now. I'd be such a waste. <laughs> but yeah, good for Parasite. That I mean, was yeah, a good thing. First time a South Korean director won Best Picture. First primarily Asian cast to win Best Picture. Only 11 other non-English speaking movies have been nominated for Best Picture, which includes Roma, Amour, Babel, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and a bunch of other stuff I've never seen. Did the what was the artist? Because that was silent, right? Like, what language does that count as? It was a fully silent movie, but I thought it was like French or something like that. Again, I never saw the artist because, like, I'm sorry, but I'm sure it's great. But I just I'm like I don't have the the bandwidth for a silent film because I'm a fucking troglodyte. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would be able to fuck with the artist. I'm sure it's good. If that's I, your kind of thing, I guarantee. I think uh, Marion Cotillard was in it. That was like the I don't. Big... Why, I don't know. I know. I clearly know nothing about this film, and you're peppering me with questions. She was in The Dark Knight Rises. I know who she I, that's is. The only reason I know. I know who she is. Fuck you. I, just, I, know, I do have fuck you in the notes <laughs> at an opportune time. Uh, I would argue. Oh yeah, there, there it is. Um, I uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was fucking. I loved that movie. I get why yeah, it, it didn't good. win that the year it came out. Like it's fine, but it was so fucking good. And when I went there, I went with my friend Steve, uh, who's kind of like a good time guy, you know. And he was like, didn't realize he was gonna have to read. And oh. He was like, he was like, you brought me to a fucking assignment, and I was like, you're not even gonna notice in four minutes. Yeah, he was right. I liked Babel. Babel was good. That wasn't a completely foreign language film though. Like fucking yeah, I didn't, Brad Pitt. I didn't Pitt. see Babel. 
one of the leads. It's good. It's a it's a it's a heavy movie. Speaking of heavy, yeah. you know what else happened this year, Jeff? Uh, Adam, what else happened this year? Harvey Weinstein was convicted and sentenced to prison. This feels like it happened ten fucking years ago. This happened in two thousand and two. I remember it well. Uh, but yeah, and what's really great is that also he's in huge danger. Yeah, he he was sentenced to 23 years in prison. He's already 67. He's already not in great health. He, during his trial, was at Rikers Island. I wonder if that's where he has to serve his entire sentence, because god damn. That, like, Rikers Island is one of the biggest arguments for never living in New York, because just what if... You go to jail for something. You're going to Rikers Island. That is their city jail. Jesus Christ. You're going to die. No. No. Thank you. It's funny because his lawyers now are like, we got to get him out of there or else he's going to die in prison. And it's like, well, he was 67 and we sentenced him to 23 years. So that was already the implication that was going to happen. Yeah. Harvey, he's not he's not making it to 90 under any under ideal circumstances. Did you ever see the documentary about the Boondock Saints being made and like how the no. owner, the the writer was like a complete asshole, but also he went to war with Harvey Weinstein who's also a complete asshole and how they like both like fucking hated each other and that dude was like blackballed from Hollywood. Yeah, that's the thing. Harvey Weinstein really wielded some power. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like he 23 years almost doesn't feel like enough like he had allegations made against him that dated back to 1978 it's fucking bananas man did you the the one that really sort of like the one that i remember as being like the only sort of feel good story of that of the weinstein stories is when he tried that shit with gwyneth paltrow and brad pitt said i will fucking kill you oh i don't I don't he, know anything about that. He tried pulling that shit on Gwyneth Paltrow and Gwyneth Paltrow uh, and Brad Pitt either confronted him face to face or like called him and said, if you ever try something like that again, I will fucking kill you. Good for him. Imagine having like an angry Brad Pitt in the fight club era. Yeah, he's all cut. He's all fucking shredded and just being like, I made a movie about fighting because I'm going to kill you. I mean, I know he was with Jennifer Aniston around that time, but still. Yeah, that like you underestimate the training some of these actors have. Like we talked, I don't remember who we who the debate was even about, but it was who would win in a fight between Matt Damon and oh Christian Bale because we were watching Ford versus Ferrari for the yeah. podcast about how you don't even like sports. No, you actually don't even like sports, you don't but that's you fine. don't even like sports and like it seems like Christian Bale is the obvious answer, mm-hmm. but like that guy's spent his whole career like putting on weight and then losing it, which is very unhealthy. Like his internal organs are probably mush. Meanwhile, Matt Damon's just been like training for the Bourne franchise this whole time. I bet Matt Damon would wear a motherfucker out. I feel like, I feel like they're pretty equal. I feel like um, Christian Bale would take the long game for the boxing because he did all that. I feel like Matt Damon would beat him viciously in like 90 yeah, seconds. It's, I guess you have to compare Batman training to Bourne training. I am. Yeah. I've seen those Christian Bale Batman movies. Yeah. A lot of camera tricks. Yeah. I um, just love the the vision of Matt Damon just like throwing Christian Bale into a car like in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> I love that <laughs> scene so much. <laughs> and I know the- people are like, this is a racist scene. And I'm like, I don't see it. But I'm also white. So maybe it is. I don't know. It is. I'm, sometimes it's just exhausting, man. <laughs> sometimes it's all just so exhausting. They made Bruce Lee seem cocky. It's like, have you ever re- heard an interview with Bruce Lee? That <laughs> yeah, is, Bruce he was, was like a cocky, cocky motherfucker. That was his whole thing. And he should have been. Yes. He like, was why the... not be? Oh, he was man. Bruce Lee. He's Bruce fucking Lee, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, this Harvey Weinstein thing, (laughs) that's one way to put it. Uh, The reason this fell out of the news really fast is 
because of when it happened. He was convicted February 24th and then sentenced to the 23 years in prison on March 11th, 2020, which is basic. It's well, it's basically (laughs) Amber is the color of his energy. That's what I'm, that's what I was getting at. It's a beautiful disaster, Adam. Like March 11th is like the nine 11 of coronavirus because that's the day the NBA canceled their season. And I remember once that happened, I was like, oh shit, this is for real. And then we shut down the studio like a day later. We still recorded one more podcast. We rolled the dice <laughs> on a, another podcast or two. And, and, that, then, and we lost somebody. Yeah, someone we died did, yeah. because of that podcast, unfortunately. But yeah, like once that happened, coronavirus was all the news anyone wanted to talk about. Yeah, of course. Justice? No. We, would, we need our bread and circuses, please. But uh, we did get back to justice after the George Floyd murder. There's obviously no arguing that that was a good thing, but I do feel like the response this time around was a good thing because it's obviously not the first time the police have killed an innocent person on camera, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's not the first time we've gotten a bunch of those videos in uh, close proximity to each other, like 2014 is a good example, and there were protests in 2014. But this time it felt different. Like, yeah, I think a lot of it had to do with sort of what was going on. I think COVID sort of got everybody uh, like on the same page a little bit. And then I think it it can't it couldn't have hurt that we were already sort of like unified about one thing. Right. And like, think of the things that happened in sports. The fucking Washington Redskins finally changed their name. To the Washington football team. What if when they pick another name, it's like the Apaches or some shit? And it's like, yeah. oh, come on. The Washington N-words. <laughs> oh, wrong direction. But I do think the response to George Floyd's murder, Breonna Taylor's murder, uh, there's so many. There's well, so many. It really is highlighting the defunding of the police, which I think is a very important thing to highlight. The, the over aggression of police forces has been seen now because we saw all the kettling we saw all the tear gassing of peaceful protests and it became very visible and that's not something that i think really sunk in with a lot of people but we saw it on a national scale these scared pathetic barney fife motherfuckers wearing fucking tactical gear tear gassing people and like we're like oh this is a fucking problem and who knows maybe in four years we can start looking towards defunding the police once we have a president that's not, you know, going to town on the cops. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's I mean, it's kind of the same thing with COVID where there were some really inspiring responses in the case of, you know, with the Black Lives Matter protests and with COVID. It was like the story I have in here is this thing that happened in New Jersey where this restaurant had a COVID outbreak and they had to shut down and the owner was super worried that it was like going to put them under because this weekend that was coming up was going to be very warm and they figured they'd get a lot of outdoor business because that's all they could still do. And then he had to shut down. All the staff had to be uh, quarantined basically. And a barber shop nearby that he had uh, formed a relationship with, they like, figured out how to serve drinks and stepped in and kept this bar open through the weekend. So this guy could make all the food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were still cutting hair in there. It was a huge health department. Get get in the back of your neck shaved (laughs) while you're eating a fucking Caesar salad. (laughs) But they were only, they only served beer. It was like, I mean, it was a nice thing, but it's a sweet story. It's also like, it really highlights the fucking broken system that we have. Exactly. And it's, it's the, the same thing with, Black Lives Matter protests like yes the the response from the United States from the citizenry was for the most part very inspiring but it fucking sucks that in 2020 there still needs to be those kind of protests and that like we've had at least since 2014 when the Ferguson protests happened when Michael Brown was murdered and like nothing's changed the problem seems much more highlighted now and hopefully we don't just forget 
Yeah. You know, I've, I've said a few times that's my concern with a Biden presidency well, is that we just snap back to the Obama era and people are like, whew, things are normal again. And things weren't normal then either. Like, let's drone some black kids in Pittsburgh or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Is that, was that what was happening? Uh, I, I mean, there were drones uh, monitoring the protests in 2014. Oh, yeah, if you can believe that. I went to a few, I went to a few, I went to some marches and some gatherings and stuff, and it was crazy. Like, I went to one gathering in a park, and it was just like a fucking police helicopter was circling over it, and it was like poems. It was like fucking, like, it was like black women reading poems and, and talking about needs for justice, and a fucking police helicopter was circling over it, and I'm like, oh, it's good look, guys. Real yeah, good look. Yeah, people, people are always under this impression that something needs to be really huge, before the authorities or the government starts jumping in to monitor it? No, that's not true. Like, it, it's smart of them to get in early, before something gets too big. They have the resources. That's why we're arguing to defund the police. They have enough money to spy on your tiny-ass group. Yeah. Like, absolutely. And so, yeah, like, and with COVID, same thing. Like, a lot of these stories that are inspiring like that get labeled as inspiring as these stories of people helping people. It's like the government should be doing that. Well, yeah, I was going to say people are helping people because the government ain't fucking helping people. That $1,200 check. How'd that, how'd that keep everyone alive? Yeah. Pathetic. Fucking pathetic. Like we were taught, like Trump was talking about bringing the national guard in to deal with fucking protests. Like bring the national guard in to distribute food to people. It's so frustrating to see all these stories where they're like, oh, frontline workers are heroes. And it's like, you're talking about someone who's packaging deliveries for Amazon. Like, heroically packaging ha- deliveries for Amazon. The fact that's one of the. I like, know they this shouldn't is, have to be doing that right see, now. See, you're right. And this is one of those things, too, where, like, I know this is all about the good stuff that happened, but one of the bad things that happened is how much money Amazon made. Oh, yeah. Like well, there's a bunch of companies that got that are making a shit ton of money off of this. I I am I mean I've gone on record as being anti Amazon. Unless you're fucking disabled, don't use Amazon. Like just don't do it. Like you don't have to. There are other ways. I know it's four bucks cheaper or something like that. And I get it's convenient that it shows up immediately. But stop it. <laughs> stop using it. Yeah, they're bad. I mean, there, but there are so many companies you can say that about. True. Like, like stop going to Walmart. Stop going to McDonald's. Stop going. Oh like, yeah. Oh no, I'm not advocating. The, by the way, don't go to Amazon. Go to Walmart. Like I would not be advocating. That. Yeah, it's one of those things where those individual arguments. It's it's a bigger argument than that. It's it's capitalism. Like sure. it's the system that we use to run this country is the prop. That's why Amazon is Amazon. That's yeah. why Walmart is Walmart. Because this is a country that enables that kind of shit. Yeah. It's, I guess the only thing we can do up until that gets fixed is just try to shop local if you can. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. But it, it's still. Well, I mean, it's just people like Like don't. the fix, like, the fix can't be, okay, you people at the bottom need to change what you're course. doing. Of course. To fix the problems up top. The fucking problems up top need need to be fixed up top. Agreed. I also, but I do feel like from a my my personal aspect of it, it's like, well, I know I can, I'm not at the top, so I can't do that. So I'm gonna do my best to keep the local economy moving at the bottom because that's just, yeah. you know, I mean, I can't be, I can't. There's a reason Amazon made all that money, and it's not. And then they, it's because people use it. And then the other problem you have to take into account with the never use Amazon argument is a lot of these small businesses that people are saying you should support right now. Well, a lot of them make a lot of money on Amazon. So like, then you're kind of undercutting their ability to stay open. Also, it's like, it's a fucking, it's a broken system. And Amazon is a bad, it's an Ouroboros, it's, man. It's, it's, just, it's Amazon. I think is probably one of the worst things to happen to our economy. Like it's just, it's bad. And I, I hate that. If you say that it's a problem, you immediately get accused of like being ableist because they're like, well, some people can't get stuff immediately. I'm like, well, it's not fucking about you then. Not everything has to appeal to everybody when we're talking about something like this. If something appeals yeah. to 92% of people, maybe allow that 8% margin of error. Yeah, who knows? 
I'll tell God, you who it's knows. hard to keep this hard to keep this on on the on the good news track. Well, you know what's great news, Adam, is you uh, don't even like sports. Jeff, you don't even like sports, and that's why you wouldn't even know that in 2020, Major League Baseball hired their first female general manager. Adam, I did know that because I do like sports and had to tell you about it because you don't even like sports. That is not true. You don't even like sports. This was a pretty cool story, and I know you might be at home going, oh, baseball just finally uh, appointed their first female GM. This is like the first female GM in sports, basically. Uh, the NFL, very briefly, there was a woman named Susan Tozy Spencer, who was the acting GM of the Philadelphia Eagles for a while. When we say first female GM in sports, we mean in, in men's in men's sports, right? Have there been in any in women's sports? or? Well, um, like, like the I, Sparks or some shit? I, don't I, know. I mean, there might be, but like in the big four yeah. sports. I don't mean to be like derisive towards women's sports, but like there is a natural inclination for me to be like, but you mean real sports. <laughs> and that's yeah. prob- probably not the way I should. You don't even like real sports. So the Miami Marlins, they hired a woman named Kim Ng. And what makes her truly the first female GM in sports is when Susan Tozy Spencer was acting GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, her dad owned the team, and he didn't let her make any personnel decisions. She couldn't well, of course. be involved in the draft. She couldn't appoint coaching staff, any of that. And Kim Ng will be doing all of that for the Miami Marlins. I, I'm really bummed that HBO original series Ballers has finished before we could get this process happening in here, and we could address that on HBO original series Ballers. That that would have been nice. Yeah. God, What's Jeannie Buss's role with the Lakers? Like, did, they own the team. I think right? she's Don't the, the queen. Own the team. I think she's like. <laughs> I think she's the queen. I, yeah, I think they own that team. Yeah. Doesn't the Buss family own that team? I think so. Who cares? You know, I mean, that's another thing that happened. The Lakers won a championship for, for Kobe. And the the Doyers. The Dodges and the Lakers won. Unfortunately, yeah, the, the, the Tecate curse got broken. The guy apologized. Don't worry about it, everybody. So From it was jail. Fun. Yeah, from hell. From, from, from baby hitting hell. <laughs> There's still no female GMs in the NBA. There is one in the G League, which is like their minor league system, Tori Miller. Kim Ng's career started 30 years ago. She was an intern for the Chicago White Sox back in 2005. Doing, she was the was, youngest. Assi- I'm sorry. I was doing the math in my head. That means that she she worked for them when Carlton Fisk was on the team. That just seems kind of cool that she was there when Carlton Fisk was playing. Yeah, it's a long time. She She was the youngest assistant GM in the league back in 2005, which is the year she first interviewed for a GM job with... The fucking Dodgers, which I'm happy for this woman, but she's worked with all the teams I hate, and I don't appreciate that, TBH. What a like, bitch. Fuck the White Sox. Fuck the White Sox. Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck you, Kim. Miami, do I even need to tell you about why I hate the Miami Marlins? I'm a Cubs fan. The Steve Bartman incident, that happened with the fucking Marlins on the field. Nightmare. That's when the, that's when the Marlins beat the Yankees with a tenth of their, uh, of their fucking uh, salary. Yeah. That's where that yeah. was the year that Pudge Rodriguez had, I think, thirty percent of their uh, their working salary. That's fucking yeah, in that's the, money ball right there. In the playoffs this year, the Cubs played the Marlins, and at one point we were winning one of these games and gave up five runs in the seventh inning, and that was the most runs a Marlins team had scored in a single inning since the fucking <laughs> Steve Bartman inning. In 2003. It's like the curse is back, baby. That's funny to and me. Theo Epstein. It, it, I mean, yeah. I mean, I at least lived to see one World Series, so I guess that's fine. I've seen uh, four. One live. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, I guess it is worth noting that this happened about a week after Kamala Harris became the first female, first black person, and first South Asian person to become vice president. I guess I'm focusing more on Kim Ng here because she's not a cop. That's probably right, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the defining difference for me. Uh, Kim Ng was ranked number 38 on Sports Illustrated's list of the 101 most influential minorities in sports back in 2003. Quote from the article, write it down. Ng may become baseball's first female GM. 
And they were right. It only took 17 years. Hey, that, what a fucking, what a baller prediction on Sports Illustrated's uh, thing right there. Yeah. It is crazy, though, that it was that obvious that she was qualified for a job like that way back then. And it still took until 2020 for her to get it. Because if you read the the entire article, we'll link to it. Uh, she's interviewed for something like five or six GM positions. And everyone went to a white dude. Yeah, like, what can we do about this whole woman thing? <laughs> Where do you How see yourself in five years? Perhaps whiter and maler? <laughs> How can we change this? So, yeah, congratulations to her. That's a cool story. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this next story. Is this, like, even real? Canada might be on the verge of curing diabetes. Wouldn't it be funny if the whole article was just like, turns out diet and exercise are like a big part of it. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, that's it's a weird, it's a weird men's health kind of article. Yeah, there's this team of doctors at the University of Alberta led by a guy named Dr. James Shapiro. 20 years ago, they developed a treatment for diabetes that was kind of a roundabout cure, but it had some limitations like you had to take anti-rejection drugs for the rest of your life and all of the like there were all these weird side effects but now they they think they've maybe just cured diabetes altogether this process involves stem cells developing into pancreatic cells that can produce insulin and i think the stem cells is probably the key word there I look, and probably why it will never happen i look forward yeah. to yeah big pharma twisting this whole thing into making it like a moral issue it's crazy that a development like this i had to go to a website that's just about good news <laughs> to even find this story like it didn't just pop up in my news feed it'll get buried there's too much yeah. mo there's too much money in medicine to be able to cure there's no there's no money in a cure and I think you literally have that in the notes. I just noticed. Yeah, but it's true. There's I remember in college back in like 2003 or something like that. And the professor, it was like in a death and dying course or whatever. And he's just like, cancer could be cured. It could 100% be cured. It won't be because they make right. a lot of money treating cancer and there's no money in the cure. And that stuck with me forever. Yeah. And this feels like the same thing because the the only thing really holding them back from moving on to human trials. And by the way, this treatment would be a one-time injection. That's exactly it. It's one time. And it would maybe require a like a booster, like like vaccines do. Like it would basically be a fucking diabetes vaccine. And they are pretty confident it will work in humans. They're ready to move on to the human trial stage, but they don't have the money. Who's going to fund this? Big Pharma? Of course not. Like, Drug companies aren't going to fucking Someone fund just this. look at Bill Gates and be like, this is what you're supposed to be doing now. Right, exactly. If you're fucking like, Jeff Bezos, why don't you do that? Yeah. Everybody the, fucking like, hates you right now. They're trying to get $22 million. Jeff Bezos has that in his fucking yeah, he sh proverbial couch cushions. He shits $22 million. Yeah. Yeah. Give us like, the money, you fucking prick. And they're, like, there's a small volunteer group that's trying to raise that $22 million by 2022 to get this into human trials. Meanwhile, like like diabetes kills eight, uh, just under 80,000 people in the United States each year. I'm going to tell you, diabetes ain't getting less. The more we no. fucking, the more we lead a sedentary fast food lifestyle, fucking diabetes is skyrocketing. Yeah, of course. Especially in inner cities and especially among minority groups. And it, probably another reason why there I mean, won't be any super rush to cure it. It's it's it, it is really tragic, but but uh, nutritional information. And of course, I'm talking type two diabetes when I'm saying on the rise in. Um, yeah. And obviously yeah. people I'm like more more black kids are being born with diabetes. It's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that um, the lack of diet and exercise is creating a massive problem among inner cities and low income areas. Yeah. And it you know, we we always want to believe that science is what like that's that's always the thing like we'll read an article about oh scientists figured out crows could drive cars if they had enough arms and we're like okay but you haven't cured cancer it's like they're not gonna cure cancer yeah who's gonna give them the money like science doesn't just have unlimited funds 
to do whatever they want. People have to go to science and be like, hey, I'll give you money to work on this thing. And who even believes in science? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who even trusts science, Jeff? Guess what, Adam? What? More people are trusting science now because of the pandemic. That's a very smooth segue. And you like that? It's actually a very common thing that happens during pandemics. That this was actually, this sparked the renaissance. This concept right here is what sparked the renaissance during the Black Death. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Just to to fill people in on what we're talking about, 3M just released a report on the state of science. And I know it seems right now like people are just denying science left and right, and that science denial must be at unprecedented levels with all of these people uh, anti-masking it up in the streets. But no, trust in science is actually way up. As part of the survey, 3M surveyed people in 14 countries before the pandemic and then again during the pandemic. They found that trust in science has increased to a three-year high and skepticism has decreased well below pre-pandemic levels to 28%. When the plague hit in the 14th century, one of the biggest problems was that people were turning to God and like like mysterious and mystical sources for for answers, for cures, for whatever. And science was sort of growing, but it was a very niche concept here. And science actually ended up getting a massive boost because of the pandemic, because people start to realize eventually that the only cure is found through science. And I know that sounds stupid that 600 years later, we're still fucking doing this, but that's just what it is. Like, there are still people that believe that a man in the sky will protect them from getting sick and dying. And then they don't, which is very funny to me, by the way. Well, you're you're seeing this increased trust in science play out during this surge that's happening. Because, I mean, it's taking a little time for all of them to fall in line. But you're seeing all of these Republican governors who for a long time were like, we don't need masks, man. We can trust people to go out and be responsible. And it turns out you can't trust people to be responsible, especially when they're a bunch of fucking MAGA chuds. Yeah. And now you're seeing a lot of these Republican governors come out and be like, okay, here's the thing. We need to wear those masks. Like churches are a big thing. Just do it. For me. Where you see all the churches that are like, we don't, we don't trust God. It's like God gave you the mask info. That's what God did for you. Like, how, how are you missing this? Like God told you like, Hey, I fucking, I got these science. I made these scientists who are telling you about the masks. (laughs) I'm giving you this fucking information. I'm giving it to you. Fuck man. Yeah. I'm one of the, the things that concerns me is the Supreme court seems to not be trending toward a belief in science which is a problem like that decision they issued in the state of new york regarding churches like the argument that these churches are making is well we're being treated differently than other public places why are we being discriminated against and it's like you're not being treated differently than comparable places like you can't compare a church to a a restaurant that can still operate with outdoor dining. Real quick. A church is comparable to a gym or a fucking movie theater or a live entertainment venue where lots of people are gathering and churches are being treated the same as those. And two things about that. Number one, shut the fuck up. You don't pay taxes. Number two, right. your fucking whole thing is hugging and handshakes at the end. Yeah. Fuck you. And fuck like, you. you can even get away with that if you're outdoors. Like, but you can't like churches are being treated exactly the same. I don't I don't fucking get this. Churches and it's really concerning that the dick. Supreme Court that the Supreme Court went for that argument is very concerning. And I think the the governor of New York, is it Andrew Cuomo? There's so many yeah. of them. There's the CNN guy is Chris Cuomo. Uh I think he's right in that the only reason they ruled on that is to kind of put the word out that hey, the court's different now. Because yeah. they just ruled on it in a bunch of other states a couple months ago while Ruth Bader Ginsburg was alive and the Supreme court voted against those churches. And now the Supreme court, now that Amy Coney Barrett's there, they voted for it. So yay. But at least the people, at least us, we're, we're trending more toward believe in science. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Sure is. You know what else is a good thing, Adam? 
What's that? Well, you know, Trump put Amy Coney Barrett, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and fucking Brett. Cr- you know, fucking cries about beer on the Brett fu- Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh on the fucking uh, Supreme Court. Um, but what else happened with Trump, Adam? That motherfucker got impeached and voted out all in the same year. Fuck that guy. Fuck Donald Trump. Like that. I'm still like. Those are two of the three things that I wanted to happen to him. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it in terms of him actually leaving. I know all of his legal arguments are falling apart. I get that. But man, I, I'll feel a lot better on January 21st when I'm doing jury duty and Joe Biden is finally in office. And then we can focus on getting Biden out of office. But yeah, yeah at least Donald Trump fucking lost. That's some good news, brah. Like, that was the best possible news. Yeah. Like, so that happened. Yeah. So cheer up, America. And there's one more piece of great news, Adam. There is one more piece of great news, Jeff, because Thanksgiving just passed, and that leads a person to to ponder the things they're thankful for. And uh, for me, man, Unpops fans have been great. Fuck yeah. All of this. You, you did it. Not you, Adam. You didn't do anything. But you, the fans... I, you did it. And you, Adam, you don't even like sports. But the fans do like sports. Yeah, I mean, I I cannot thank the audience enough for still supporting us through all of this. Uh, I haven't had to stop paying anyone. You still have sold, haven't just, sold blood? Yeah, I haven't, you know, none of us have had to sell sperm unwillingly for money. Like No, yeah, like I do it for, that's just a fun. For sport. Fun yeah, little like sport the, thing, yeah. You use the mail-in thing? Well, I just do a drive-by drop-in. Oh, sure. Sure. That makes sense. I just go to, but, the, uh, go to the mail slot and just go to town for six to eight minutes and then leave. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to, you know, say say thank you to all of the fans. It it has been a rough year, but like we always get messages about how how the, the podcast help people and how important it is to them. And we just want you to know that you are important to us. You also you like fools. You fucking you, you got swindled. You, you fucking idiots. We do we do this with a computer. Yeah, we've been selling snake oil this whole time, motherfucker. <laughs> this is AI. No. This is all AI. We just fed it <laughs> samples of our voice. We had oh, an God, AI listen to Unpops episodes for a thousand hours, <laughs> and here's what we got. It's just my you voice and your that. voice harassing a fucking 90s band to do a show. <laughs> oh, no. Hello, Soundgarden. We would like you. <laughs> that guy's dead. Um, we can't get sound cards. Imagine if we could. Um, no, I do. Um, I I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of messages, um, especially lately, about people that are like, "No, this is I I look forward to it. I look forward to your work all the time, and it's great. And like I, I feel very lucky to be able to be a part of this and to be able to share my life with the people that listen. Yeah, it's uh, in that way. It's been a good year. Like it's. Uh, I will say this. It's been a good year in that of all the people that were financially harmed in this, I don't think we were hit the same way that everybody else was. No, and that definitely not. is a, an absolute blessing. It sure is. From Christ. From Jesus Christ. Thank you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And though uh, the next uh, the next couple of years of Unpops is going to be evangelical. Yeah, yeah. We That's really what this is building up to. Uh we should we totally will, uh, put. We'll have a donation button up. We should do an you evangelical can... podcast and like <laughs> not tell people it's a bit. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, well. uh, so yeah, thank you for all the support. We appreciate it, and uh, I think that's our episode, right? That's a sode. We did it. We did it. What do we, what do we have to plug? Jeff is going to be on this week's or this month's December's unpops. 69 minutes chat show <laughs> with I and Chet Wild. Great. So <laughs> so uh tickets for that will be available very soon. Also, if you're a Patreon subscriber at the $10 level or higher, then you can watch for free, so check the Patreon feed for details about that. The stand-up show will be right after that, the week after. The following week, the Unpops Zoom comedy show featuring me, featuring Jeff, featuring Heather Maruli, Andy Sell, Francesca Fiorentini, and a comic to be named later. I haven't booked the last comic. We, we'll, we should probably do that. It's going to be Jeff twice. Hey! 
everybody. Let's talk about my dick. Woo! Uh, uh, so that's pretty exciting. That was a loud woo for me being in a public office. Fuck I'm sorry. It's a Sunday. Ain't nobody here. Yeah, that's true. Half the people are in the fucking hospital. Um, <laughs> you can check out Sideshow Sideshow every other Tuesday uh, through Sideshow Collectibles. My most uh, recent guest, or, or the next guest, depending on when you're listening to this, will be uh, famed pinup artist Olivia um who you absolutely know her work is fucking amazing and i can't believe she did my fucking show um i can't either i i literally am like oh you actually said yes okay well now i don't know what to do uh you can also check out tom and jeff watch batman uh uh, me and tom ryman on gamefully unemployed and also you don't even like sports is going to be starting its new season real soon so that's exciting it is because you don't even like sports. The thing, thing that's exciting is that we get to, to show you how you don't some. even like sports. I know you don't. Adam, what about you? What, what are you I? plugging, brah? Well, I already plugged a bunch of things. Well, then the, buy. The live show. The fucking. So you can follow me on Instagram and or Twitter at Adam Todd Brown. That's Todd with one D. Don't do that. Uh, follow unpops.podcast on Instagram or at unpops on Twitter. And, uh, you know, thanks. I'm at Hey There Jeffro. Gross. Shut your mouth. Hey, fuck you. Fuck you. Wow. Rude. <laughs> bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. We love you. No, I love you. No, you don't.